Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I think as I get older, you know, players get younger. And as I get older, I but fortunately I've had a couple daughters that go through that whole millennium stage. So, <laughs> so it... Uh, it's the same. I, I, I don't know. You talk to people with respect. You, you're still teaching. You're still, you know, every day you're... I like to have relationships with my players where you, you know, they feel like that uh, it's it's like a partnership. It's not, not a dictatorship at all. It's a partnership. We're all in this together. I look at it as one team. You know, and just because there's players, there's coaches, there's trainers, everybody's on the same team. So... That's the way I look at it, so I've looked at it that way since I was a player in the game and still look at it today as a coach. All right, there you go. That is the comments of Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. And we reran those because the man who said, hey, I'm going to give you a name three weeks before suddenly he became the guy for the job at Edmonton is Brian Lawton, and he joins us every Wednesday in Oilers Now. He is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. And uh, we bring Brian Lawton in, and Brian, for me, just listening to uh, Dave talk today, and I, I tweeted out the actual uh, comment and, and sort of paraphrased it a bit i like to have relationships with players that are partnerships it's not a dictatorship partnerships and i thought that that aptly described uh you know sort of his approach and uh suffice to say when you look at the numbers brian when you judge coaching staffs uh we look at whether or not their teams are taking strides forward and uh, often we look at special teams well there's a number one in power play number two in pk uh, so far, so good for the guy that you said would make sense here as a head coach. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, you know, I first met Dave when I was, I actually met him earlier than this, but I first got to know him when I was playing on the Hartford Whalers with him, a team that also had another NHL coach, Joel Quenville. And in a lot of ways, I think people are a byproduct of all the people they work with throughout their career at that particular time. It was a guy in charge of the franchise in Neil Francis, 
who really believed in what Dave is saying. And so did some other people that were there prior. And when you listen to him talk, it seems and sounds so elementary. And yet for the majority of the last maybe 100 years in hockey, I don't know how far it goes back, there's still a lot of people that ran their clubs as a coach or even a general manager from a position of being a dictator. And that clearly does not work in today's world. I had a discussion with an NHL executive this morning, another person like myself over 50 years old, like Dave Tippett, and they said, man, if you were a real hard-driving guy over the last whatever, and you've got something to lose now, it's got to be really uncomfortable. The world is changing. It's changing for the better. Joel Quenville is doing a great job down in Florida. He essentially has a similar approach to Dave. Dave's doing a great job for the Oilers. So are a lot of other people around the league. Um, but this is uh, interesting times, what's going on right now with National Hockey League coaches. Well, based on sort of the preseason prognostications of most people out there, and I was a guy who thought the team could finish like 92, 93 points. Now, they're ahead of that pace right now. Most people said would say, Bob, you're the eternal Oilers optimist. Uh, you may as well be a cheerleader. And I'm like, well, there is criticism on this show. It's just said in a fashion in which, you know, hopefully the player can relate to it, which is so-and-so knows he needs to be better. Translation, I don't think the guy's playing well enough. And that player, I would assume, knows he's not playing well enough because usually – as you know, Brian, the players are the first to know. But where I'm going with this is a lot of people didn't think this was a playoff team. And I just said in the previous segment that this, that this group is exceeding the sum of their parts. Though the coaching staff would never say that, right? They would say, no, we've got – but, I mean, I look at the makeup of the team. They're a little light in the support at forward. Uh, the defense has been is might be better than people thought. The goaltending certainly been better than people thought. Uh, but there's role delineation, and there's and so maybe maybe I was just wrong in terms of how I assess this group. But I still think they need a little bit of juice to be added up front to be a, you know a, a top team. I think they're a good team. But the one thing they have, Brian, is do you believe some teams just have it, and those teams that have it are able to exceed expectations? Yeah, clearly, and they do have that it factor. They have two of those it factors, if you ask me, and it's been incredible. But there are some signs, Bob. This is, a, you know, this, this isn't all lollipops and uh, yes, rainbows on this show. And you know, the fact that they're plus seven as a team for the record they have, yeah, that could be something that's concerning down the road. They're playing a lot of tight games. I would probably look at that more as a positive this year in that, you know, they're not really out of games. They're not chasing games that often. They certainly have chased a few, and generally those have been their toughest or tougher nights thus far. Those are things that are hallmarks for the coaching staff. They're watching out for that. They're on the players all the time about it. Um, There's no complacency that I've seen from the team. In in my opinion, you know, they've done such a good job in the early stretch here that I literally believe if they can win three of their next four games, which is definitely possible for this group with the opponents they have, they will make the playoffs. I'm ready to say that this team will make the playoffs. But There's you still s- a lot of runway left and yeah. a lot of things that have to be done. 
But uh, they have shown a lot as a group, and uh, this isn't – anybody can go through a 10-game stretch, in my opinion, but to go through, you know, your first 30 games, 30-plus games it would be to have the record they've had, um, they would be looking really, really good to, to do more than just be a wild-card team this year. And that's really impressive if you think about it because Edmonton Oilers fans would have accepted that as great news in the summer, but people get greedy as you see what's going on. Um, I just I, I like where they're at. they got a long way to go. But I think it's repeatable what they've done. Though. Well, and you were a guy who said they'd make the playoffs. You said keep it. You were a guy that said from. I, I said it in the summer, and I took the most grief of anybody at NHL Network. How right. could you say that, Brian? The Edmonton Oilers are so far away. And my response to that, Bob, would be, first off, if you look at the league this year, with the exception of, yes, maybe Detroit has had a rougher go than anybody else. But everybody else is pretty much has an opportunity if they can get their issues solved. The Minnesota Wild, for instance, I mean, they had a disastrous start. They're not that far out of the playoffs now. Yep. They've had 10 great games. Can they keep it going? Maybe. Um, but the league is just really, really tight this year. And not making mistakes is in vogue. Not giving away games is in vogue right now. And I think there's more coaches that recognize that. And I also think it causes them to be a little bit more tolerant not less tolerant of All right. players and i think that's been a good thing speaking of uh tolerating uh and you can't make things personal but humor is a very subjective thing so i'm not going to say who the player was or which what the coach was but it was it was a college it was at the college level university level and a coach said to a player as his team headed into the second overtime period of a game, he felt his team was tight in the final seven or eight minutes and they weren't playing the way they could because they were the superior team. And it was it was in a national championship final. And the coach went into the room and he had a, as you know in Canada, new sports, guys play five years. They have five years of eligibility. And this guy had worked his way up from not playing his first couple of years to playing as a fourth line winger in his fifth year. And the coach said to the player, he said, and I quote, guys, I only have one thing to say to you. The best part about the, what's going to happen here in overtime is after today, I'm never going to have to coach this guy anymore because he's been wrecking our drills for the last five seasons. And the whole room just broke out laughing, including the player involved. But humor's a subjective thing. Like, is is, is that even... You know, I mean, have you have you had moments where the coach had a little bit of fun and chided a guy and from your playing days and and you think back now and, and and I mean that's not a that is a little bit of a personal shot, but it's not directed, you know, obviously to to race, color, create anything like that. You know what I'm saying, Brian? Like to me that's that's good natured fun and, and and the coach knew the player as well. He'd had the player for five years and he knew the player would respond well to it. But it does show you, like, because some guys, how could you possibly say, you know what I mean, in that situation? Now, it broke up the room. It gave them the levity. They went out they scored in the first minute of the second overtime period to win a national title. What's your take on that? Uh, my take on that is that's fine. Uh, where it's not fine is if it's never been talked about before and you just pull that out at the 11th hour, I would suggest that it was known throughout the team that this particular player tended to mess up a few drills yeah. and 
you know, when you give me the complete context of it, essentially you're talking about a guy that just worked his tail off for every for inch. And the coach loved yeah. the guy, and the coach loved the guy. And it, yes, I, I do think that's fine. I don't yeah. think there's anything the matter with it. I think it was well timed. Uh, I'm not surprised they won. And yes, we're in an overreaction world right now. I assume that's your point. Yeah. Um, but there's some things that are not you know gray areas right absolutely some of those things have gone on in the past and they need to they need to stop they need to end uh they are ending people are nervous uh scrutiny is high my greatest hope isn't necessarily bob that we work this stuff out for nhl players they're compensated to go through some of the things they go through it's part of the job i'm hoping it filters down to the youth organizations right because kids should not go through some of the nonsense that kids go through that that's my greatest hope through this and i feel terrible for guys i know and i'm friends with i'm friends with bill peters i'm friends with mike babcock um you know but times are changing and the world is snapping back rather hard against some people that i know are good people but have done things their own way that have been accepted and now they're clearly not acceptable well stated brian lott joining us are from uh, the nhl network brian uh today uh jim matheson threw a beautiful curveball because ken holland was under the heat lamp uh of the media uh addressing sort of a combination of chris chelio's uh, stories that appeared on smith and chicklets uh that were six years apart uh, which was conveniently not included in the uh, storytelling on that uh on on that podcast uh and I think the world of Chris, okay? I've seen Chris in a uh, personal situation and saw how good of a guy he is. And, man, was he a good player. And he played, he, he played hard. Like, he was, he was a great player. Um, but you were uh, – Matty has switched it up and said uh, – hypothetically talked about, now, Ken, if you could go out and acquire a uh, pending UFA, uh, you know, top-line winger – what sort of assets would you be prepared to procure? You've been in that chair as a general manager. How difficult? Uh, what was? The, I'm just thinking. What was the the biggest uh, deal you made in Tampa? Was it uh, bringing in? Like I know you made the Mesros deal. Um, you you, uh, you you got Downey and Eminger for Carl, didn't you? When Carl's coming off a pretty good yeah. year. Uh, yeah. You traded, traded uh, Jeff Halpern for uh, Teddy Purcell and a third rounder. We, the worst trade I ever made was Mark Recchi to Boston. Right. And that was completely my fault. I had a few different options. <laughs> um, I, I had great respect for the veteran players. Mark Recchi would not say this because I traded him. I don't think he wanted to be, but that, you know, you have to respect your players, but at the same time, you work for the organization. The reason I say I made a poor deal there is we stretched ourselves, number one. And number two, I had surmised in my mind, to be fair to Mark, that I would trade him to a legitimate contender. He went on and won the Stanley Cup and played very well for Boston. There were a couple other lesser playoff teams that had interest that had marginally better offers. Um, but I chose to go a certain direction, and uh, you know I have to live with that, that mistake. Taylor Hall, if it's uh, if you're in Ray Sheryls, and by the way, we know John Hines has been. Well, first of all, do you think that this changes things at least in the short term for John Hines of Taylor Hall? 
that he, or sorry, for Ray Sherrill, that, that he's moved out, John Hines. Elaine Nazardine's in there. I thought New Jersey played with some energy last night. Um, do you think that they might... They play better. They play better. Do you think that yeah. slow plays things a bit on the Taylor Hall discussions for a potential trade? I think it buys Ray a little more time, yes. I, I do. I think it's going to take a while to find something. It's going to be hard to find a fair deal for Taylor. It's just the way the market has you know, been reshaped the last few years. People are going to want to know they're going to sign them. You're, you're going to not get what you want and hope that you put them in a spot where they can re-sign them. There's a lot more analysis that goes into it. You know, the Buffalo Sabres ended up, um, you know, moving Evander Kane. Eventually Kane re-signs Ottawa with Carlson and San Jose. You know, so those deals are never going to feel great for the GMs because you don't know a guy is going to sign 100%. You're not going to get what you think. You're not going to get what the old standards used to be. Um, And yet I do feel that Taylor Hall will be traded at some point. Did you have guys that were just tire kickers as opposed like lots, lots of guys. Lots, lots of, of guys. Yeah. Berkey wanted to trade Thomas Caberlet to us for what eventually ended up being Victor Hedman. You know, we were close to the playoffs and you know, you get that type of stuff. It's a no. Dean Lombardi, he wanted to trade who did he want to trade to us? Jack Johnson for Steven Stamkos. <laughs> you get all this crazy stuff. I said, send me over that Drew Doughty guy, and I'd at least think about it, which we wouldn't, but I knew Dean would say, no, he can't. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I do that. So you get all these crazy things that people say to you, and you know there's no chance. Oh, wow. Sometimes you have to kind of go along with it, Bob, just to keep the conversation going. Are, are there some guys that don't? screw around don't put a stocking horse out there or you know a tire ticking uh, a tire kicking proposal and get right to brass tacks and don't screw around and away they go yeah there are some people like that after new jersey acquired Ilya kovachuk i was fascinated by that move and lou lamarillo was a mentor for me if i had questions i literally could call him up as a young manager in the league and ask him what he thought and the guy was as trustworthy, honest, never biased in his answers. And I called him up. I said, Lou, how do you arrive at what you gave up for Kovalchuk? And he just had the simplest of answers. He's like, Brian, I figure out who we need, and then I just I, I go out and I pay what as sometimes as much as I could tolerate because I've made the determination that we need him. Now, is Ken Holland going to do that with the Edmonton Oilers right now with how the team has played, make that sort of move? I don't see that happening this year. But you know he'll be trying hard to to, to maybe make an addition here or there. I just don't expect anything monstrous. Taylor Hall being moved at some point here, that's going to be more in that monstrous category, even though the return won't be as monstrous as the New Jersey Devils hope. Brian, we appreciate your time. We'll hook up next Wednesday, okay? My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. From the NHL Network, 
Brian Lawton. Some guests and oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Christmas came early. For several of the supporting voices of Oilers Now today, Roos Chris Steakhouse follows Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. And Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor, let me tell you, uh, you're going to be seeing some of our uh, contributors uh, in the next coming days into Oilers uh, Now at Roos Chris. Of course, they've got uh, tremendous capacity to handle Christmas parties at Roos Chris as well. Let's do this. It's time to uh, join the team. Brought to you by Japanese Village. Each day this week we give you a code word to enter at 630chat.com for your chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime Oilers experience. One lucky listener will win a spot in the Oilers team photo. A personalized jersey, a day at practice with myself and Jack. Launch with the uh, Oilers management team, a VIP experience at the Oilers game and an interview on the City Ford Face-Off show with Reed Wilkins. Listen now for a new code word. 6.30 Chet mornings, the Ryan Jesperson Show. Oilers now, 6.30 Chet afternoons and inside sports. It's 6.30 Chet's Join the Team Contest brought to you by Japanese Village. The winner will be announced on Monday. Today's code word is offside. That's the code word. Don't text it and enter it at 630chat.com. It is uh, 12.55 in Edmonton. We're going to go right up against the break here. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with... uh, Eileen Bell, and then when we come back from the cult of hockey, the Edmonton Journal, David Staples. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.